Hey there, friends, and welcome to the Define Success Podcast. I'm your host, Bailey Guy. Join us as we empower you to turn your cans into cans and your aspirations into achievements. Welcome to the Define Success Podcast. I'm Bailey Guy, and I'm super excited about our guest today. This is Megan Swanson Rhodes. How are you, Megan? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Bailey. I'm super excited that you're here. I'm super excited to talk with you today. So if anyone hasn't met you before, I will quickly introduce you. You are a former pageant queen. You were Miss Nebraska 2014 and Miss Nebraska USA 2020, turned entrepreneur and sales queen. Megan Swanson Rhodes lives to help women provide wealth for their families while unlocking their identity, leadership, and discovering their unique voices. She is a CEO, founder, and master coach of Powerhouse Pageantry, which since 2016 has grown to become one of the largest pageant coaching businesses in the world, which is amazing. She also helps female experts, coaches, and consultants to build successful online businesses and scale to six plus figures. Megan actively works as a singer-songwriter, author, and keynote speaker around the country. That is incredible. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a great road that definitely did not start that way. And so just proof that anybody can live their dream if you work super hard and, you know, follow the call in your life. Absolutely. I love that. This is already off to a great start. Um, and so <laughs> speaking of the beginning, how, how did you start? So tell me about uh, yourself and kind of the beginning of your journey. Yeah. So um, I always say the beginning of my uh, life story of success was definitely at 19 when I was not successful. I'd actually moved to Nashville, Tennessee to pursue music school at Belmont University. And um, at the same time that I was you know, supposed to be living my dream, my world was falling apart. I'd gained a bunch of weight my freshman year, despite working out six days a week, playing basketball with the boys five days a week and lifting and um, just had, it was completely out of control. And, and I, I liken that too, because a lot of times if our worth is in our achievements, um, you know, the second that you're not on top, the second that you're in a bigger pond and all of a sudden you're not the biggest fish, usually there's some kind of an identity crisis that can happen. And so that was the story for me. Um, you know, I, I ended up in the fetal position where I couldn't even look myself in the mirror without crying. And, you know, thank God I had a mother that was looking out for me that actually asked me about my goals. And I know that you're really passionate about that, Bailey. And so um, it was goal setting for me that helped me find pageantry in the first place. And um, that ultimately got me out of the rut and the hole that I was in, this literal crisis of, of purpose and crisis of calling. And um, I never even knew what an entrepreneur was. I was raised in a very regular middle-class family that was raised in ministry. Um, and I'll never forget, I was nannying one day and, and I saw um, a six-figure check on the, the desk when I was running after my little four-year-old that I was nannying. And I just thought to myself, I was like, how do people even make this much money? Like, I thought you had to be Paris Hilton or somebody famous, you know, to, to make this much money. And what God was doing was he was opening a door to my calling to show me what would be in my future step-by-step step and leaving little Easter eggs um, that if I was willing to lean into and ask questions, um, and take action, you know, he started to lead me every step of the way. So I'm so grateful. Um, setting that goal was how I found pageantry and eventually one Miss Nebraska got introduced to the Miss America system um, and started my company, my first company shortly after that. And then, um, you know, there's a lot of extra story, you know, it's been 10 years since that now I'm happily married and all of that. God's been so good in my life, but I started as a, a very broke, broken 19 year old. And then I started my company actually making 850 an hour at a coffee shop. Um, with less than $200 in my bank account. So when I say that anybody can be successful, it starts with a vision and it starts with 
um, having your vision set towards a very distinct purpose. The second thing that I had to do was restore my identity to realize that you're always going to take action from the level of your identity, not from the level of your intentions. And so I had to restore my identity and then I took action from that place and step by step, you know, chose to never give up no matter what happened, because the only way to fail is to, to, to stop taking action. And so here we are 10 years later, um, you know, I made a million dollars in my 20s, which is awesome and something that I couldn't even conceptualize when I started. And um, more importantly, we've been able to change over 350 women's lives and help them achieve their dreams too. That is so amazing. And I love that it was really a vision that started it all. And that's something that I really love to share, especially when I do my school programs and talk to kids is the first step to goal setting is generate a vision for your life. Mm -hmm. So I love that 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 happened for you. And, um, and you've been able to do so much good, not only in your own life, but more importantly, you've done so much good in the lives of so many other people, including my own. So thank you so much. (laughs) Uh, for the impact that you make. It's incredible. Um, And so one of the things that I always say is that a successful day starts with a successful morning. And I know that you love your morning routine. And so could you tell us a little bit about what that looks like? Absolutely. So I'm naturally an artist, right? So like I'm a musician, I'm a night owl. I don't think you've ever met an artist of any kind that enjoys mornings naturally. So I want to encourage anybody listening that um, this is not you know, an instinct that I was born with. I love to sleep, all those things. And so, um, you know, the first step in a morning routine is having a vision that wakes you up in the morning. And I think that that starts with having a vision bigger than you. If your vision's just about what you can accomplish pretty easily, like I say, even just in the natural or what I could know I could do with my natural ability. Um, I love having a vision that sometimes seems so impossible that I'm gonna have to work really hard to achieve it. And again, that's where it it comes down to an identity thing too, because if you have such a self-defeating mindset, you know, you're not going to have the capacity to want to stretch yourself to get up earlier or have a morning routine or do something difficult because that self-defeating mindset's already saying, oh, it's not worth it. You know, you're a piece of trash. Well, it's just going to fail anyway. Or, you know, you come from a family that doesn't do big things like this. Who do you think you are? Right. And so I had to flip that tape and learn to say, this is who I am. Right. Yeah, who do I think I am? Who do I think I am? This is who I am. And to learn how to stand on my own two feet and with the Lord's help say, who does he say that I am? What are the promises that I can stand on, right? And so um, out of that new identity, it was much easier for me to um, keep a morning routine. And one of the things that I love my husband for and why I married him is he is the greatest man of integrity you've ever met in your life. Like if he says he's gonna do something, there's no other option, he's gonna do it. And um, it's so easy for him to trust himself because he knows that his intent, when he says he's going to do something right, like his mind believes him because his actions have proven that that thing's probably going to come to pass, right? And so um, that's another huge thing that people take for granted. They're trying to build this two-hour morning routine or you listen to all these gurus that are like, here's my 17-step plan for greatness. And, you know, I work with a lot of moms, right, on the sales queen side of things, and they maybe have 15 minutes to themselves in the morning, right, before their three kids get up, like, it ain't happening. I'm not doing two hours with Jesus in the morning, like we wish, but once you have children, everything changes, right? And so I'll even tell my pageant girls, I'm like, you know, you're rolling your eyes at getting up at 6am. But I promise you 10 years from now, when you have two kids, you will be dreaming about that time when you didn't have people jumping on you at 6 a.m. being like, mom, right? And 17 people need you. And so again, like sometimes even a, a morning routine or 
getting to this part of your your next goals in life is just perspective, right? Like if you have the perspective to know that in five, 10 years, you may not have this luxury of having 90 minutes to yourself in the morning, that'll help you wake up and know like, I'm gonna treat this like it's sacred, not like it's something that I have to do, but it's something that I get to do because this, you know, my morning routine is gonna look way different when I'm a mom one day or when I'm a dad one day or whatever. So um, at this point, right, I'm I'm married. I, I don't have, you know, children earthside yet or anything. And so um, at this time I have the luxury of having mornings to myself. And so kind of my process for that is um, the best that I can, I set my alarm for a time that I actually reasonably will get up. What I learned for me, and this doesn't work for everybody, like I have clients that are four, 445 workout kind of people. That's not the way God wired me. That is just not going to happen, right? So if I set that expectation that I, I need to be a 445 am or and that's what success looks like, then I'm going to be setting myself up for failure every single day. Because the fact is I'm an entrepreneur. I can get up when I want. I can schedule everything in my life when I want. I can do everything when I want. So with the way that I set up my schedule and when I have clients and when I have meetings, that's just not necessary for me. I can get up at 7, 30, 8 o'clock every day if I want to, because I don't have to talk to people till 10 or 11 if I block my calendar off, right? So for, for you and whatever your stage of life is, maybe you have class at 8 a.m. and maybe you like an hour of meditation and silence and prayer or working out or whatever, right? I like to reverse engineer the things that get me ready to have a productive day. So for me, it's typically time with Jesus, some kind of writing. Um, I usually read the word, I write, and then I transition into business time. So what I do is I always have my week-long calendar next to me and I look at my whole week as a whole. Another productivity hack is um, scheduling weeks at a time rather than just days at a time. When you tell your calendar what it's supposed to be and you, you plan your whole week on Sunday nights for me, all you have to do is execute. You only have so many decisions you can make in a day. So if you're waking up having to make a decision about what am I going to do with my hair today? When am I working out? What am I wearing? And what am I doing in my calendar or how am I pursuing my pageant goal, my this goal, my that goal? You've already made seven decisions in the first five minutes of your life and your brain is already moving towards exhaustion. Then you have two tests today in school. Then you have to go to your work where you have to execute on these three things that your boss needs of you. It's no wonder why you have no energy to work out at the end of the day, right? So if I, if I didn't plan ahead of time and actually look at my workload and look at my life as a whole perspective, and I'm just like, oh, well, someone told me that successful people wake up at 445 or, or successful people work out in the evenings. It's like, well, that that may not work for this season of life for you. That just that may actually be really dumb because you've already made 400 decisions by, by 4 p.m. And you're following the schedule of somebody that has a totally different um, literally workload than you do. So I think part of having a great morning routine is actually properly analyzing the season that you're in and understanding like, okay, what are the basic blocks of what are going to set me up for the day? Is that working out some kind of meditation, some kind of reflection? Probably, probably some kind of those three things in some capacity. For some people, that's a 20 minute workout. For some people, that's a walk. For some people, that's a walk in the middle of the day. Like when it's nice out, I have like a 2 p.m. walk that I'm like on a roll every single day because I have to make so many decisions in one day for two companies and about 150 people every single day that I need a break where I physically reset everything, right? So um, last thing to say about this, again, this all goes back to having a healthy dialogue in your own head. If you don't know how to talk to yourself, and this is why personal development and spiritual development is so important, if that, if the only voice in your head is negative 24-7 and you're not infilling yourself with good things, 
before you look at your phone, before you check email, before you look at social media, then the world is going to be talking at you and trying to renew your mind, will, and emotions with negativity. And so it's super important to fill your own cup before you're going to pour out throughout the day. And once you learn that your body works like that, and that as a human being, you need to be able to be pouring into yourself, um, it, it'll change the way that you take care of yourself. And then once you can learn how to have a positive self-talk, you'll realize that you can be your best coach and your best cheerleader rather than somebody that's just always telling yourself how you're not measuring up. So if you're not there yet, um, you know, podcasts are free, YouTubes are free. Keep pouring into yourself and figuring out where your foundation of truth comes from um, so that you can get there because the mind is neuroelastic. So it, 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 it does whatever you feed it. Um, and we can literally like do out with the old and bring in the new based on whatever you feed your mind. That's a great place to start. If you're like totally not ready to put in a routine yet, just blast your mind with positive things and watch your life change. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think everything that you take in that directly correlates to what you're able to give out. Mm -hmm. um, and so what about those days when you just are so tired or just so unmotivated or feeling just emotional or just what, whatever's going on? Um, what do you do to push yourself past those, those negative or tiring feelings? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, number one, um, I'll differently for men and for women, because for women, like we literally live in a cycle, like that's how God created us. So like, for example, on that week, every month, you should be working out differently. You should be sleeping more. You should be drinking more water. You should absolutely make sure that you're taking your vitamins and minerals, like period, because there's, there's like, our body is different, you know? Um, and so that's a whole other conversation. Like, I think as women, we hold ourselves to such a high standard that like everything should feel the same always, but that's just not how God made us. So learning to like work with your body and your emotions and stuff and giving yourself grace. Like when it's that week for me, I am walking every day. I am not touching a hit workout. You do not see me in a hit class. I'm not doing it. And once I learned that that's okay, because women actually have a 65% greater chance of injury during that week of the month, um, because our bodies are fragile and saying, Hey, don't hurt me. Like it's literally how we're made. So guys, I think guys work way better with consistency. And now that I'm married, I see that. And my husband, like he can do the same thing every day in the same order. And it's, it like helps him. Like that's just kind of the way that God made him. But with women, our emotions kind of dictate us a little bit more. So I think part of that is we can work with it. And then I think part of that is literally in the first five minutes of our day, we either screw it up or we're on track. So as weird as it sounds, if you were to look at the days that you are off track, quote unquote, I would, if, if I could be a fly in the wall, I would look at the first five minutes of your day. And I could almost guarantee you, you woke up, you looked at social media, you looked at Instagram or TikTok in the first five minutes and it totally derailed your day. It took the 15 minutes that you had to spend time with the Lord. Then you felt guilt and shame because you didn't spend time with the Lord and you're off your routine. And then again, more shame because now you're behind and then you're shaming yourself. So you don't want to put your makeup on. You want to stay in sweatpants all day. Then you feel like a slob. Then you act like a slob because you didn't get dressed that day. And it's all this tumbling, tumbling, tumbling. So um, that's a part of it is the first five minutes. And then the other part of it is learning how to take thoughts captive. So it's like, okay, what do I do when I feel those things, right? So we have a self-coaching framework that we teach all of our clients um, that spells steer, situation, thought, emotion, action, result. And we have to learn how to take situations and analyze them. Situations are always going to create a thought. So 
someone cuts me off in traffic. I'm going to have some thoughts about that, right? That's going to create an emotion. And that emotion that's going to tick me off is going to make me want to do some hand gestures sometimes, right? And that is an action that's going to create a result, right? So what does that start with? It starts with a thought of I should have this emotion or how dare you or whatever, right? So part of becoming a well-developed person is learning how to stop things at a thought level. And how to stop something is you have to replace it with something else. You can't just say, don't think it, don't think it, don't think it, don't think it. You, you literally have to have a greater truth that you grab from. And that's why renewing our mind is so important so that we have a universal truth kind of dictionary, if you will, to come to, to, to take that circumstance and say, no, I'm not going to think that way. No, I'm not going to feel that way. This is what we're choosing. This is who I am. This is, you know, an, an act in alignment with your character and, and choosing a better way. Um, and it's not sexy. It's not what people want to do because your flesh just wants to react and be like, you know, but but that's how you become a well-developed person is that you don't let your flesh and your emotions just do whatever they want to do. And that's the spirit of self-control, right? And guess what? Patience only comes by having opportunities to be patient. You know, development comes from having opportunities to develop because your emotions just want to rule your life. And so, um, yeah, if you're wondering the mystery of how you become a really well-developed person, you're going to walk through some wind and waves, um, but it's worth it. And I can tell you that some of the most successful people, the, the wealthiest people I've ever met are some of the most unmovable people because they've had to earn it to get there. They've got the stripes. And that's what makes me respect so many of my mentors in my life is because they weren't born yesterday. And let me tell you, they, they have all the stories of all the scars that it took to get there, which is just so beautiful. Yeah, I love that. And it, it's so true that when you're having an off day, if you just look at the beginning, a few days ago, I uh, the first thing I did was I checked my email and I see a rejection email. Yeah. <laughs> and it 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 threw my first several hours of my day off track. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a failure now. Because yeah. Somebody somebody rejected it was a I wanted to an opportunity that I didn't get picked for and it that's that's the worst feeling but I was like man like why did I why was that the first thing I did today um because if I would have started with reading my bible and journaling and working out which is what I always try to start my day with then it wouldn't have phased me as much I would have been able to to move on a lot easier so that's definitely that's such a great lesson and uh making sure that the first things that you are feeding into your mind and into your soul and spirit are guaranteed positive <laughs> because you never know what you're going to see when you open social media, open your email, open your phone in general. Yeah. And um, you never know how much you, you don't know what bucket emptiers are going to try and come into your day. That's the thing. So what we can control is filling our bucket as much as we can. Um, and that's where like, again, gray space of your life, you're driving, throw on a podcast, don't throw on trashy music. That's just, ah, 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 and just screaming the world at you and negativity and problems and fear, 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 and anxiety and all these things. Fill yourself in the gray space. You know, you're walking to class, you have 10 minutes. Okay. Fill your cup, fill your cup, fill your cup. It's these little things to where then when something happens, that is a massive bucket emptier, like maybe it'll only empty you to 50% and you can hang on until you can go refill your bucket or relax rather than it just exhausting you. And then you react in a certain way that you regret in the future. Yeah, absolutely. That was, that was really, really good. Um, and so speaking of rejection and failure and kind of that feeling, how do you overcome that? How do you handle that? And how do you 
keep on trying and keep pushing forward in the midst of <laughs> I think uh, I have a, probably have a different perspective than people as an entrepreneur because like I've never worked a corporate job. I never will. Um, I always say I'm unemployable. <laughs> um, it's just the way that God made me. And I've known that since I was a child, like when I was 12, I was like the thought of working in a cubicle, you know, I just used to make fun of it all the time. So failure looks different for me as an entrepreneur because I fail quote unquote every day, all the time. Like things break, things don't work. I'm constantly fixing things, trying new things, spending money on things that do work, that don't work like all the time. So I think like my version of failure is so like it's it, I don't think of it as failure but like if other people were to look at it because I coach business owners right so like business owners that are not as far as where I'm at and and the problems that they see as failure my brain's like why are you worrying about that you know what I mean I'm just like just go fix it or just go try something else like because I've just wired myself so much to just not even be sad about it I'm just like okay it didn't work you know and, and so what I have noticed of the most successful people in my life is that their reaction time to bounce back from failure is so much more important than like, they just don't dwell on it. They're just like, okay, try something else, you know? And so that looks different just based off of like, if you're really committed to working at a workplace, for example, and you submitted an opportunity for a promotion and you didn't get it, like, I, I get that, that that could be, that could be devastating, right? Because you might have to wait a whole year before you try again, or you might have to whatever, but that's also where I would flip it on its head and say, okay, I think that there are a lot of things that we choose to not do in our own life to get ourselves ready for that next level, to create as many guarantees as possible, to position ourselves in the best way possible that when we do ask for that open door or we do go for that promotion, our, the deck can be so stacked in our favor because of what we did when nobody was patting us on the back um, to, to get ourselves ready um, there, there is a lot that we can control in those situations, even though sometimes we can't. And then the last part of that is like, understand that sometimes closed doors are closed doors for a reason. And you might just need to wait three to six months to see God's perspective of like how he was trying to actually protect you from something that's happened so many times in my life when I was sad about something. And then I look back and I was like, oh my gosh, I was not ready for that open door. Thank God. I would have made a fool of myself. I could have ruined relationships um stages I wanted to be on like these different things where I was just like oh, oh my gosh god you protected me so much I just want to go crawl into a hole and cry because that would have been so bad if you would have given me that opportunity because my character wasn't ready for it I was too arrogant for the situation I thought I knew everything and I would have made a absolute fool and it would have been in front of thousands of people and so God really does protect us sometimes when our character is not ready and we need to be in an incub incubation period of hiding so um, yeah, absolutely. Sometimes just start to look at failure as protection and you'll be really glad that that door was closed. Like I have so many stories of embarrassment. I'm just like, God, oh my gosh, thank you for correcting me in private. That would have been so bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so true. Seeing failure as protection. I love that. That is, that's such a good little nugget there. Um, so what is kind of a failure that you have overcome? And what's something that you really wanted and it just didn't happen? Because I think when people look at social media and when people, you know, when I read your bio, that's a lot of success and that's so many great things that you've accomplished and done. And I think we kind of fall into this trap of on social media, we can scroll and scroll and only see the highlights. It's just a highlight reel. Mm -hmm. But can you tell us about something that didn't work out for you and mm -hmm. kind of how you were able to overcome that or learn from it? Yeah, trying to think of where to begin. I mean, certainly Miss America and Miss USA are two things that I was so disappointed with at the time. 
And now I am so abundantly grateful that I was not Miss America and Miss USA. I mean, I was 21 when I competed for Miss America. I didn't know anything. I had no coaching. I didn't know anything. So that's a whole thing. But I remember I was so devastated um, after that. And then Miss USA, the same thing. I mean, it was during the pandemic year and all of that. And I remember like I thought I wanted it. And so I was disappointed because my whole life was going to crap in that moment. And that's a whole different story. But in one week, I lost Miss USA. I had zero dollars in my bank account. God told me to break up my boyfriend. I left my church community and uh, God told me to fast social media for two weeks. So like literally I went dark. This is November 2020. It was election week. So that was chaos during Miss USA. Stupidest thing ever. No offense to anybody, but like should have canceled it. Should have postponed it like Miss America. And it was just the worst experience ever. Um, And I was like, uh, I thought I'd already reached rock bottom. Hello. Didn't know I needed to do this again. Like, what more do you want me to surrender in my life, Lord? And and so God just needed to, uh, those, there's these tiny little 1% areas still that God was like, I need you to give this to me. And so on the outside, I was like, I'm a complete failure. Like, I'm going to lose my business. I'm going to, you know, oh my gosh. I I mean, this guy wanted to marry me. Everybody thought we were going to get engaged. Like I'd already gone through what I thought was going to be the worst breakup of my life after an abusive situation I was in. And here I am like single again. And it was just, I wanted to get married, all these things. Well, turns out sometimes God needs to ask you to clean up your life because he's preparing you for your next season. And so Um, even though I suffered privately rather than publicly, like nobody publicly knew what was going on with me. I'm Miss Nebraska USA. Everything's perfect. Right. And, um, you know, I didn't make top 15, all these things. I was just devastated, but God was setting me up for my greatest season ever, you know? And so, um, after those two weeks off of social media, God told me to get on Bumble. I met my husband a week later. He's the second person I matched with on Bumble. Never would have guessed I would have married a blonde farmer's boy from a town of 500 people. Um, I had over 500 people in my high school class and um, I had never dated like a blonde. I didn't like blondes. Any of that. My husband is the blondest person you've ever met in your life. If you've ever seen my husband Um, and it was it was God writing our our perfect love story. And we have the most amazing marriage now and my business more than doubled the next year and all these things. But God just was doing rewiring in the secret place. And um, I wouldn't change it for the world because who I became and again, the character tests that you go through that pass you to the next level. Now, when I went to the next financial level, when I went to the next level of influence and all these things, right? When God gave me the greatest relationship ever, it was like he purified it through the failure. Um, And when you pass the character test, God's like, okay, now I can give you this next level and it won't be about you. It'll be about me. Um, And that's really how God's worked in a lot of areas of my life is every next level that I've gone to. There's been a difficult but a beautiful season of a character test that is so cool because yeah there's just like a purity and a refinement that when you do reach that next level of success um your ego is just like not in it like you know when i made a million dollars i was i couldn't even tell you the day it happened i was just like okay like on to the next goal right so um and that's what's really cool about it is like we're seeking the journey and we're seeking the vision and the call like i know what god's told me to do and I'm doing it because God told me to do it, not because like I need to be anybody or have a certain amount of followers. Like it's just because God told me to do it. And so he's going to bless the work of my hands because I'm partnered with him. So, but yeah, three years ago, almost to the date, you know, that's definitely was a, a dark time and um, turned into the greatest time. So yeah. really grateful. I like how you talked about how sometimes that failure can be purification and refinement. And there's, uh, there's that 
Bible verse that says that uh, refined by fire. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it can feel like you're standing in a fire and everything is just going so bad. Mm -hmm. And, and you might feel like this is the worst time ever, but in reality, that's, what's refining you and purifying you for, uh, for what's to come. And so I think that was such a great point. Wow. (laughs) What a good uh, connection there to that. That's good. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think failure a lot of times is also not only a preparation, it's also a redirection. Mm -hmm. And so we, we really need the failures to, uh, not only experience the successes, but to enjoy the successes and to be able to, to use them for the best and, and biggest purpose, which is God's purpose. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that was such a good, uh, that's such a good message to send. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as a, as a CEO, cause you are amazing. I mean, you, you've done, you've done so many things. You're so cool. <laughs> but, um, but if there's any, you know, entrepreneurs or future CEOs listening to this, what advice would you give to them? Um, especially if they're just getting started, what advice would you give to your former self when she was first starting? Hmm. Um, I'd say if you like, let's go practical first. So practical first, if you want to own an online business, as opposed to a brick and mortar, you're going to need to understand technology. Um, and that can be a learning curve sometimes, because I think of all the technology that I've had to become proficient in or even training my team on. And then I go to train um, some of my other business owners that I coach and I'm like, oh yeah, at one time in my life, I didn't know this, right? Like there, there's just, it's a new language. So understand that like to go, like where your calling is, there's gonna be a language that you have to learn always. Um, because yes, there's a spiritual side of calling and God wants you to have it and all that, but there's also a practical proficiency where like, success leaves clues like people that are really really good at something are going to be successful um just like a really great product doesn't need as much marketing and sales because it's just a really good product that works right so um advice i would say is get as good at what you do as you possibly can dedicate yourself to being the best in your field um because there's there's already a lot of pressure and anxiety and fear that can come from doing something new so being the best like your gift will make a place for you like and and really ask the lord about like hey why why am i passionate about this like is there money in this is do you want me to do this even though there's not money in this you know whatever but you can dialogue with the lord about a lot of those things um because psalm 37 4 says that he's given you the desires of your heart so i get a lot of questions that are like oh well how do i know that this is from god and i'm like well is it hurting somebody is it full of like lust and pride okay probably not So just relax, like it's probably from the Lord, you know, and people way overcomplicate it. And I'm like, no, like go after it head on. Like God wants you to be prosper. He said that he'll teach you how to profit, which is really cool. It's one of my favorite scriptures. So that's something that you can ask the Lord and say, God, teach me how to profit in this. Teach me how to be successful in this. Um, Third John two says that I will above all else that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So we know that it's the will of God for him to prosper, for us to prosper and, and to, um, and do, to do all of that, which is really cool. So that's kind of the spiritual side of things. And then, like I said, become really, really good at your craft. And then the third thing is you're going to have to cut people out of your life in some capacity um, at certain levels or not even cut them out, but just distance them. Like people have different levels and not everybody deserves like immediate inner circle access to your heart. Um, You know, there are very, very, very few people that Landon, my husband and I tell our dreams to. Um, You know, my parents are one of them. 
and we have business coaches that we work with um and we have each other you know which is awesome and why our marriage rocks is because we get to come home at the end of the day and like 400 things have happened in an eight hour period and we're like see you at the end like we saw each other for like 10 minutes during lunch today we just happened to be downstairs at the same time because we both work from home and it was literally like high five see you at the end because we have date night every tuesday and um and you know what's so cool is like again god has a plan for everybody's life and that was something that like i didn't even know was a desire of my heart when I was thinking about my future, you know, marriage and all that kind of stuff. And um, God just cares about the details, like down to the, even that, like that I would enjoy having a husband that worked from home and that understood entrepreneurship and, and, and could help stoke that fire in me even more than I could on my own, you know? And so, um, yeah, so having the right people in your ear, um, hiring mentors and coaches, like any extra money that you have, hire people who already know how to do what you do it just being around them will help you get there faster having the ability to ask questions of people that your problems are easy for them that's who you want to be around it i mean i could have gotten to where i got to in 10 years in two years if i would have just spent every last time hiring mentors and i still i did hire mentors um, and i learned some were great some were terrible um but absolutely like just think about it like being around the right people hearing their conversations and having access to ask them questions will get you farther faster. Um, and honestly, having those people just inevitably when you do have those roller coasters, like some days are good, some days are bad as a business owner. Um, it's different than a corporate career there. There's a different kind of security, right? Knowing that you can make as much money as you want and you have the freedom to kind of pick how your life's going to look like um, rather than like a corporate quote unquote security, right? Of a salary and things like that. And I think some people are bred for that in ways that some people aren't and either one is fine you know we need people that are going to rock a corporate career and climb up the ladder or or my goodness be doctors right their whole lives and things like that and so the last thing is just you know figure out what kind of shape you are right are you a triangle are you a circle are you a dodecagon are you some weird thing that we don't even have a name for all those things are beautiful and god created all of them um but you know figure out like what you are if you're an entrepreneur you probably have a pretty big backbone for risk you probably um, are money motivated. You probably love serving people in some capacity. Um, and if you're not, and you're very security minded and you love the steadiness of a paycheck and um, these different things, and that's cool too. You know, I have family members that are wired like that who work in government and who rock and roll and working for a Fortune 500 company. And I'm like, I could never, right? And I'm the middle child over here just slinging around the country and doing whatever I want, right? Um, and so it's so beautiful that God's made us all different and there's a place for all of us to be successful. Absolutely. Um, okay. So you have, you've given so much knowledge. I know that <laughs> this message is just going to bless all my viewers so much and just give them so much knowledge. Like this was incredible. Um, <laughs> and so rounding out, I always ask all my guests, uh, how do you define success? Oh, I, I uh, have been asked this in pageants. I was actually asked the failure question as my onstage question for Mr. Brask USA. And I still get asked that frequently. And I'm like, that's funny. Maybe I'm like supposed to talk about this more. But yeah, success. The first step of success, I think, is an identity thing. Because even if you make a lot of money, but you hate who you are and you can't go to sleep at night, loving and liking yourself and feeling confident and comfortable in your own skin, I mean there are billionaires that unfortunately take their own lives every day right so would some people call that success yeah but would i want to live in their body every day probably not you know 
So if we're really like building the ultimate success plan, figure your mental, spiritual, emotional foundation, get, get right with God and figure out, okay, who am I? What are my gifts? What makes me different? Even if you're obsessed with some random thing that's super niche that nobody else cares about, but you do, and you really believe that that's like a word from the Lord, well then great, like awesome, you know? Um, nobody else has to care about it, but figure out like what is unique and special and different about you and stop apologizing for it. Like lean into it and say, thank you, God, for how you've made me. Thank you for the fact that you made me six feet tall. And even if that was super uncomfortable growing up and everybody made fun of me and all the boys were shorter than me my whole life. Thank you. Now that all of that makes sense because of how you called me to walk into a room and how you called me to, to take dominion and to lead women. Oh my gosh, this makes sense. Thank you so much. Right. Didn't always appreciate that at 12. But now it, it makes sense, right? And thank God I had a mom that was always like, you're beautiful, stand tall, blah, 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 right? Which goes to the people in our life. So number one, figure out who you are or, or just start pursuing that journey. Then the second thing, now I can't help but think of this from a faith perspective. For some people, this is different. But for me, it was like asking the Lord and it was like, okay, well now with that, like what am I passionate about? And really talking to the Lord about like, what's that next step? So I think a lot of like, people naturally like what do i gravitate towards like when i'm coaching a lot of my clients part of my job is to help them just even discover what's special about them because you've been living in your own body your whole life sometimes it takes a coach or a mentor or an objective third party to be like uh bailey not everybody can do this and you're like what and i'm like no this is like really random and you're awesome at this and you're like oh because you've just been you know you're you your whole life right like not everybody just inherently knows how to do this or has this this gift with people or knows how to like engineering just makes sense to you, you know? And so that's part of my favorite thing as a coach is unlocking that in people where I'm like, no, this is what makes you amazing. Um, and so I think that sometimes we do need other parties to be able to speak life into us in that way. And then the third step is we're ready to take action on that calling. Cause now that like that thing or that, that um, direction has kind of come alive, now we're ready to take action. And so I think when somebody, you know, I don't think it's a dollar amount. Um, I, I don't think it's like a level or an accolade. I think it is success when let's just say you're able to provide for your family in a capacity, um, happy with how you're putting your gifts and talents into the marketplace in some capacity. Um, because if you can wake up and, and love or at least like what you do every day, and provide for your family and know that you're making a difference, whether that's click clacking at a computer, uh, whether that's customer service and you just have the gift of empathy and patience, right? And, and you can do the same thing every day. My father-in-law is a farmer, literally feeding the world every day, right? If you can use your God-given gifts in some capacity to provide for your family and impact the world, I think that is absolutely the ultimate success. Yeah, that was amazing. Um, you you are just so inspiring and I love talking to you and I I'm so glad that you were able to talk with me today um so as we're rounding out is there any last things you want to say um I want to make sure that you have the opportunity to say anything else you want to get out yeah you asked great questions Bailey so great job you're a good interviewer um yeah I just want to I guess how people can find me um is at Megan Swanson Rhodes on Instagram or um at powerhouse pageantry if you're a pageant competitor and yeah, I just want to encourage people like, you know, today's the day to start making changes in your life. You don't have to know the complete end destination. I still don't know the end destination. Like God's shown me some things, you know, I know some of the plan, but like our job is just to keep 
taking little victories and taking one step at a time. Like that's our job is to be obedient with the one next step that we have right in front of us. It's not about having the 50 next steps. It's the one, right? Like you starting this podcast. Okay, great. You've started, right? You don't need to know your 50th guest. You know, the next guest, right? The next email that you're supposed to send, the next question that you're supposed to ask. And I think sometimes we way overcomplicate and we actually disqualify ourselves um, for the journey when all we need to do is just keep being obedient with that next thing. Um, and just saying yes and, and saying no to, to the right things as much as we can. So, um, you know, that's how I got here after 10 years and I still have so much that I want to do. I feel like I'm just starting. Um, but God's no respecter of persons, what he's put in you, he has a plan for, and, uh, there's a wonderful plan for a hope and a future for every single person's life. There's not a single person that God can't use. You don't need to look a certain way. You don't need to be born in a certain neighborhood. God can use any person. He just needs two hands and an open heart to say yes. Absolutely. Well, thank you so, so much for your time today. And if anyone who's listening would love to hear more from Megan, because I highly recommend you can check out her podcast, which is amazing. Uh, so check her out, follow her on Instagram, find her online. She's amazing. She gives so much knowledge and wisdom all the time. Um, so thank you so, so much for your time. And thank you everyone for listening. Have a great day. Bye-bye.